You know, everyone is human actually, and it's always easier to discuss what kind of Christmas lights I'd like to put to my house rather to than to, to plan the fixing of, um, of a basement, what is always costly and boring work. Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. Tune in for the Digital Government podcast every Wednesday. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Digital Government Podcast with your usual host, Federico Plantera. Today with Hannes Sastok, Managing Director of uh, eGovernance Academy. And uh, Hannes, we are here for this uh, usual appointment, this uh, ritual in a, uh, in a way, let's say, which is summing up the year. So welcome back to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Hannes, indeed, let's take for a moment a look at how 2023 looked like, not only for uh, governments worldwide, but also for e-governance academy. But starting from uh, governments and uh, topics, let's say, uh, what are, in your opinion, the themes that sort of like gathered the most uh, attention, let's say, from governments in uh, 2023? What, mm, what they were most focused on? Yeah, 2023 was... Um... We saw little changes in this kind of attention as as definitely in general there are still topics are very much valid like quality of the data, storing the data, cloud computing, data exchange, but also uh, uh, identity questions more and more are interesting for the governments globally because you don't, do, not, do need to provide services but also provide them in the way that right people are receiving them and, and applying for them. So digital identity questions are, are, um, are clearly uh, in uh, demand and in growing demand. At the same time, definitely cybersecurity issues are, are a growing concern of each and every government. And many governments at least somehow trying to pay attention to it. Um, Cybersecurity is definitely very much a complex issue and uh, we cannot solve them in, in one day and with one action and with one consultancy, but rather it's an um, issue what you need to address um, every day and also start the planning from the very beginning, whatever you are doing. it. Um, and on the top of it, definitely, this kind of new sexy toys like, um, like artificial intelligence, chat GPT issues and and everyone is eager to ask that how we can use it, uh, what are the risks for it, and and so on. So I think there has been a lot of attention uh, this year to this kind of AI issues, um, how governments can use it, but let's see how it's working uh, during the next years. But, but um, so far as AI is kind of nice to have issue, uh, I should say cybersecurity is more or, more or less already in each and every government agenda as a, as a serious issue to be addressed anyway. I was just about to ask you actually on this. Do you think that there is any, there has been any particular prioritization, let's say, in terms of what governments are putting attention into between, you know, these like hard topics, let's say, of digital transformation, such as cybersecurity, compared to the nice-to-haves, let's say, like, for example how to integrate using, uh, I don't know, ChatGPT or like artificial intelligence in some way in service delivery? You know, everyone is human, actually, and it's always easier to discuss what kind of Christmas lights I'd like to put to my house rather to, than to, to plan the fixing of, um, of a basement, what is always costly and boring work. So um, 
so in this sense, definitely, uh, we are happy that governments are interested about this kind of new things like AI, and many governments are discussing already how to regulate it, either, either maybe everyone doesn't understand uh, what we need to regulate. But, uh, but it's important that uh, cybersecurity is a um, is serious topic and also not only discussed, but also actions are taken and the resources are de- devoted to this topic, which is, what is also extremely important. But this raises actually like another question on the topics that you outlined, which is, do you think that there is still, to a certain extent, some need, let's say, to have, uh, how to say, uh, ancillary topics, like side topics, like you mentioned the Christmas lights. Now, let's let's stay in, in the metaphor a little bit. Let's let's say that the Christmas lights correspond to integrating AI in the daily practices of like back office and stuff like that. You know, like, do you think that there is still the need for um, to have, let's say, and discuss and highlight some of these topics to gather attention towards the field of digital transformation or governments at the moment in general do have an awareness, let's say, pretty mature in a, in a sense that digital transformation is necessary and what are the components of it and why do we need forward in that sense? Or do we still need a bit of like buzzwords, let's say? Always buzzwords are good because they are are grabbing attention of political leaders. Otherwise, maybe everyday boring routine to to develop and implement uh, digital transformation may not uh, anymore. So so this kind of um, uh, discussion is always good to to underline also that uh, before we can trust AI to do everything for us, uh, there is a lot of work should be done at home in your back office also before you can allow AI to make decisions. And why I'm saying it in the way is that uh, still the biggest uh, biggest concern for many government is, is quality of the data. So meaning that uh, the the decisions what government is making, either in automated or non-automated way, either in paper or in digital, anyway, they, they rely on data, what government is owning. And better this data is, better decisions governments can make. And also why I'm saying it, why it's related to AI also, because AI is usually also making decisions based on data and if uh, the data is basic data is wrong, most probably AI is making also wrong decisions because it cannot be much smarter than um, than the data itself is. So in this sense, uh, the work to clean the data to um, uh, to put it in order so you can trust it, it's an extremely important task for each and every government. And this is not like a low hanging fruit, but rather process for several years what you need to do together with your government officials, businesses, and citizens. So um, uh, so I, I, I love to think that this kind of AI types of things are uh, attracting more government thinking around the topic. But at the same time, uh, I'm a little bit afraid that, uh, uh, that people are thinking that we don't need kind of basic solutions or we don't need to clean our um, existing um, uh, registries and data and AI will do for it. Yes, AI can help, but the hard work should be done by the government anyway. 
Hannes, this gives me the possibility to do a little bit of a retrospective because you just mentioned the topic of data quality, data policy, and also put that in relation with artificial intelligence, its development, and also its implementation in like government processes. And that's, for example, something that listeners to the Digital Government Podcast will definitely have heard throughout the year because we had these topics, uh, we have addressed them with uh, Paul Timmers before the conference, with Heiko Weinsalu, with uh, Mark Ehrlich, um, uh, with Piret Sarte, I think, as well, uh, in terms of exactly, uh, how to say, uh, keeping the room tidy, in a way, before actually moving to see how artificial intelligence or some other processes can benefit from uh, using and leveraging exactly the power of that data that lies, actually, in uh, uh, government databases and information systems. But since we talked so much about that and other topics as well, such you have mentioned cybersecurity, I would obviously ask you, how do the topics, let's say, that have been salient in 2023 in digital government, how did they reflect in the activities of e-governance academy? So for example, what were some of the biggest projects this year, let's say, in terms of topics, countries, achievements? Tell me everything. Yeah, we did a lot in Ukraine, uh, especially on development of um, online public services. And also we make a big step ahead. So in Ukraine, hopefully next year will be launched also a um, uh, center of competence assisting Ukrainian ministries, agencies and municipalities in the development of digital services. Because uh, we as a project are temporary in one or another country, including Ukraine. But this kind of competence center should collect and share the best knowledge, how to develop uh, digital services, how to remodel business processes and everything what is around it. So um, <clears throat> in this sense, I think uh, this kind of consolidation of knowledge of one country is a good sample what could be used for other countries also. We worked hard in Moldova, in various Western Balkan countries around the cybersecurity issues. And again, here, not that much in technical issues, but rather in capacity building, in legislation development, in, uh, in general, government readiness to address the uh, cybersecurity issues. Because as we know that the, the main challenge in many countries is not uh, the technology, but rather rather people who can run the technology for the cybersecurity reasons, who can analyze, monitor the situation in networks, in systems, and put it together, the reports, and act uh, accordingly. And the main problem in many countries is that there is just very limited number of people who are dealing with it, and they are not uh, as a small number of people to handle every, every treat and uh, and even recognize that if there is a treat. So, so in this sense, like... A, capacity building of government uh, officials, better tuning of government processes to be ready for this kind of uh, treats is, is one of uh, our biggest works, what we do uh, globally in many, with many governments. Um, also, uh, various digital identity projects have started also in some uh, Caribbean uh, islands like Turks and Caicos. Uh, so... Um, uh, and hopefully going forward also next year in several countries like Mongolia. So um, we, we see that, um, uh, that it's, it's not only big countries, but also small countries. And in various continents, they all want to get ready for the 
for a better digital government, for the better digital services, and um, and not only do the services, but also like background systems like data exchange, uh, digital identity development, cybersecurity issues to be ready in a much broader manner uh, for the digital changes, not only in public services. Hannes, we mentioned the topics, but before I wanted to ask you also something else about the the achievements, let's say, like looking back to EGA's activities in this year. But I will also, before that, do a little bit of a retrospective from something that you that you've mentioned that also was a salient topic this year. And uh, I don't know, I, mean, I think you don't remember, but like a few years ago in a podcast episode that we also did together, you uh, had returned recently from a trip to the Pacific Islands, I remember. And I remember that back then you told me that something that governments from different small countries with limited resources, in that case, it was mostly like economic resources, something that they could do was exactly to mm, pull together these resources and address some challenges that they all somehow have to face. Maybe they're regarding uh, population management. They Maybe they're regarding ease of doing business. And for example, I remember how this year, exactly, you mentioned the Western Balkan countries, in the Western in the Western Balkan countries, addressing the topic of cybersecurity meant as well, and I remember the words from the ministries and representatives of these countries, that there had to be some sort of like intelligence sharing, let's say, information sharing across countries to better face exactly threats that might be directed at different agencies and ministries not necessarily in the same place like not in necessarily in the same nation but how but i remember how representatives started saying well we might start we might have we might have uh, to start working together on these issues exactly because we also lack the human capital in terms of capacity exactly to address that and it's just a matter of demography in that case like it's not that they can do too much about it let's say it's not that like half of the population can become cybersecurity experts to address the concerns but instead we were uh, i was mentioning the achievements no we said what we've done so public services cybersecurity what were instead some of the achievements let's say of vega's activities in 2023 over well, a lot of achievements in this sense that uh, that definitely uh, every every project has you know his own achievements and uh, and and they all together are making achievements bigger EGA celebrated this year 20th anniversary and I think one of the biggest achievements was our conference in May in Tallinn where we celebrated it also as a, as a background for the conference and we had close to 900 visitors both online and offline uh, in this conference and and happy to announce that next year we will have conference again in 20 and 23rd of May this time in Tartu another lovely Estonian city where there is a European culture capital of culture also in 2024 so welcome back everyone and welcome for those also who haven't attended it's a great opportunity again to listen and uh, and learn learn from practitioners uh, of a digital government from all continents so we truly believe that um, that this year was uh, was also important year internally for the governance academy we did a lot of reforms internally to be ready for uh, for bigger challenges globally, and, and we hope that those reforms are, are supporting also our further growth and availability for our customers uh, globally. Uh, 
we truly believe also that uh, this year was kind of achievement in this sense uh, globally also that that understanding about um, global risks um, what is traditionally what we see in geopolitics it's like uh, Estonia as a neighbor of Russia it's, it's always a risk of a war it's still relevant but we need to consider that um, also if we can somehow eliminate the risk of a physical kinetic war this means that uh, that the virtual war and cyber war is going on and will will go on every day and night so this sense also for globally the understanding that cyber resilience is something what every country must do both advanced and, and developing countries must do every day and every night. Um, we see that this is really something what we don't need to confirm anymore. So uh, uh, as earlier, sometimes governments ask that why we need to do it. So now everyone is asking how I should do it. And this is a big step forward. Well, you mentioned the, the conference of this year, which indeed was the ninth, and we will get to speak briefly and to announce, let's say, the 10th uh, very shortly. But would you say that the conference was also one of the highlights of this year for you, let's yes. say, from your point of view? Conference is always highlight because uh, uh, it's, a, it's a conference of friends who are coming together, like digital government friends, Estonian friends, e-governance academies friends. And it's always great to see so many people who are attending in this conference either first time. And some of them said that, you know, I have been following the conference already for uh, uh, three years online. And now I'm finally here. Now I'm glad to see you physically. So it's so great. So um, this means that it's, it's also like an important event for, uh, for people who are attending uh, in this conference. And... And always it's good to be present physically because uh, uh, when the exchange of information, exchange of knowledge is going on also on coffee breaks, what is missing in virtual events. Exactly. A lot, a lot is going on during the coffee breaks. A lot of, a lot of talks, a lot of, you know, uh, asking questions that maybe, maybe we don't feel that comfortable, let's say, asking uh, uh, in when there is more formal meetings happening or maybe when there is, you know, like 500 more people in the same room with you, let's say, as audience. And um, but one thing on this topic was that also that eGovernance Academy, I mean, through the conference, I do have to say, obviously, I mean, I come to all the conferences, the, all the conference that I've attended uh, in the past uh, three, four years. What I've noticed is that uh, conference after conference, there has been... Uh, an increase essentially not only like in the countries that, that that join but also just physically like in the people who want to come this obviously has partly due to the fact that restrictions have been relaxed after the pandemic and such but at the same time this is also paired with the fact that e-governance academy has been growing you know as an organization lately so uh, can we say something about that like just to mention for example how and in what way and in what directions, let's say, Governance Academy has been growing in this last year? Yeah. Uh, just give you some facts and figures. Um, currently, we are around 90 of staff, to, altogether experts and back office staff. A year ago, we had 63 staff members. So there is like 27 more. Uh, also in turnover. Uh, in 2020, 
one we had turnover 7 million euros in 2022 we had turnover 17 million euros and hopefully this year it will be around 20 million euros so this is uh, just uh, some hard facts what i can provide currently Perfect, perfect. And they do give the picture, like they do give a quantitative picture, let's say, beyond also our own, well, satisfaction and perceptions, actually, uh, about how this year went. Speaking of the next year instead, we will get to the conference in a second, but in your opinion, what do you expect, um, what do you expect to come, let's say, from the digital field at large in 2024? Meaning, what should governments do or put focus into if we know that already, let's say, or if we have uh, an idea of that? I do not think there will be very much, very remarkable changes, something like what we do not expect. It's it's still a hard work to do with the same things what I, we discussed earlier, like data, data exchange, uh, digital identity, further development and simplification of the public services, providing them in the manner that every grandmother can use it from the smartphone, and so on. So the same boring work, I should say, but a lot of things to do, including my own country, Estonia, where is still a lot of services that could be much more simpler and uh, with fewer clicks uh, doable. So so uh, this is the challenge for, for each and every country. Definitely, I'm sure that the discussions about how to use AI uh, will continue in 2024. Maybe we can see also some good uh, pilots in some countries, and we are always very happy to listen about them and and share them. So feel free to share it with us if you do something interesting and tell us about your success, but tell us about failures also, because this is, uh, this is even more interesting because then we can learn what happens, but both are good. And, uh, and I, I really believe that also... Um, uh, we'd, we'd like to hear more about like a peaceful development of various services, not only crisis-related issues, but I'm a little bit afraid, but also in 2024, we're, we, we're going to hear about uh, good solutions, what we've done because of crisis. Is it like a hu- man-made crisis or nat- natural disasters? I don't know yet, but I'm afraid that we're going to hear about it also. Yeah, this gives me, again, Hannes, like, thanks for this uh, hook, let's say, because it gives me exactly the possibility to review a little bit again some of the other topics, let's say, that we talked about in this year. I remember we started off the year uh, on this podcast with Ep, Matt, and if I'm not wrong, talking about Tonga and, uh, and the eruption. And then in the past couple of years, following, let's say, the, um, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, we've also seen how certain services that were developed in times of crisis then became integrated let's say in the wider e-government ecosystem of like many governments and also a certain way of doing things online rather than offline and in person did stick let's say with people so people did uh, adopt let's say like a new way of using services or like uh, interacting with government that also came from the moment of crisis of the pandemic same thing in terms of saliency, let's say, let's, let's put it this way, of topics when it comes to cybersecurity and cyber warfare and cyber defense, let's say, as well as cyber hygiene. So I would say that maybe it's not that 
you know, you mentioned AI, and yes, we, we've mentioned that as a uh, in a certain way, let's say, under a certain light as a topic during this podcast episode. But I think it would be probably also as well, uh, sort of like comforting, let's say, for many e-governance uh, practitioners around the world to know that, yeah, probably not much is going to change, let's say, drastically and dramatically in terms of like focus points uh, for um, e-government agendas in the next year. Speaking of next year, you mentioned Tartu, you mentioned the 10th e-governance conference that we're going to organize. Um, if I'm not wrong, you said that it's going to happen between the 20th and the 23rd of uh, of May, no? Um, 22nd, 22nd and 23rd of May. 22nd and 23rd of May. So let's talk about that a little more. E-governance conference 2024, where we said it, but let's talk a little bit about why, for whom, and uh, if it if it changes, let's say, the focus or the approach um, compared to the past years that we've seen so far? No, I think it's it's same. It's uh, in very much uh, very much similar in good sense that it's a meeting place of practitioners. We'd like to see that there are, this is like a place where people from governments, from businesses, from academia can come together and also donor community and discuss what has been happening during last year and what will happen during next years and what we can do together to support countries who are eager to transform a country in digital. So um, a lot of practical talks, a lot of good samples from from countries uh, we are working with and not only limited to it. And and the most important part that uh, those who are talking are, are part of those processes. So always good to ask the question, what actually happens and how you actually made it. Not in theory, but actually, what actually happens. Hannes, thanks a lot for joining me in today's episode and for uh, giving us this overview and announcing next year's uh, e-governance conference. So, I mean, at this point, uh, I would say that we did our job also for this year. We did the the summary, the the recap. And uh, again, thanks a lot for joining us today and talking about that. Thank you very much. And... Uh, have a nice end of the year, everyone who is listening to us. Thank you very much. Exactly. Thanks a lot to the audience of the Digital Government Podcast, who actually like, keeps following, keeps growing. And uh, uh, it's, I mean, I don't think that we take stock about that too often, but it's always nice to see uh, that more and more people are uh, listening to us and then more and more people are tuning in to see what's up on uh, uh, in digital government worldwide. And uh, at this point, also from uh, your usual host, as I say, Federico, that's uh, that's it for this year, I think. And uh, I'll see you all and hear you all in uh, in 2024, uh, physically, hopefully, at the e-governance conference. But first of all, I'll see you all here at the Digital Government Podcast. Thanks a lot for following so far and have a good end of the year. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.